This is Being Awesome with Rob Springer. What do you mean, individual personality? This is Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. I'm Rob. And I, I like Transformers. That makes me weird. This week in Awesome, guys, I don't know if... It might be awesome for some. I know it's had its share of detractors. Go figure. It's But... <laughs> Robots in the Skies, the show is finally ending. And when I say finally ending, as in this is like the third time the show has ended. This weekend, the first part of the series finale aired here in America on Cartoon Network. And um, next week will be the second part, and that's it. Show's over. And this time they mean it. And the reason I say that is the first season was going to be the end of the show. And then the end of the second season was the end of the show. And then they... Season two is like a 2.5 or season three. However, you look at that weird 0.5 season with Starscream and his crew. And then we got season three. This is the third time the show's ended. So it's kind of confusing. And not, not for nothing. The show itself confused some people being that it's got the same name as another Transformer show that came out 15 years before it. So fair enough. A little bit of confusions right in there to be just there. There's nothing to really say about it other than what wish they would have used a different name, but it's a good name. They've been using it as a tagline for over 30 years now, what, 35 years now. So you can't really look. Some people are going to complain. That's just <laughs> how it's going to be. But Man, I'm I'm not looking forward to seeing the show over. I really like the show. How much do I like the show? The Japanese version of the show's theme song is the entrance to this show you're listening to right now. It's called Being Awesome. It's a show about loving Transformers and having fun. What a concept, liking your hobby. Anyway, just like any other Transformers cartoons before it, it had, uh, had people who didn't like it. And that's fair. That's your choice. You don't have to like everything. But uh, you can set your watch to uh, the people who hate whatever current incarnation of Transformers is. And you can also set your watch to the next current incarnation of Transformers. Those same people saying that current incarnation of Transformers isn't as good as the last incarnation of Transformers is. Whenever anybody says, hey... You think genetic cloning will ever happen? Go, I don't know. Have you ever read like comment threads on cartoons in the past 20 years? Do I live in the Matrix? Because it's like deja vu, yo. Anywho, show's fun. Show's good. Um, they aimed, uh, you know, it's it's meant to be sort of a follow-up to Prime, which I kind of wish they wouldn't have said that because I think that gave uh, some people reason to grudge against it because it wasn't like prime prime was just like prime was a good show i liked prime thing is a prime is it was a 
it was really dark and a little too gritty. And some people say, well, what's wrong with that? And I was like, well, it's all these things, the kids and their focus groups, meaning when they did their research and all that would like, they could be a little bit more, uh, a little, little more general appealing toward kids. So that's what they made. And that's not a bad thing. A lot of people seem to think it has to be dark and gritty to be good. I disagree. I mean, animated was a kid's cartoon all the way through. And that's almost universally liked by Transformers fans. I say almost because there's that one guy who's still holding it. Responsible for ruining his day somehow. I don't, I don't, I, I have a life. I, these things don't upset me, but. It was a good show. It's a good show. Uh, it's, I almost said it dares to be good because it's, it dares to be its own thing. It's a, it's fun. Like, um, it, you know, when I say I almost say it dares because it also follows traditional robot cartoon stuff being that it has a monster of a week storyline. Um, there's overarching story arcs, you know, each season has a big bad of the season and the way it all wraps up. And season three has had, had a couple of arcs. It had the Soundwave arc. It had the Stunicons arc. And now it's wrapping up with one last uh, Steeljaw arc, who's the main villain of the entire show. You know, it it had arcs, but also had individual... Um, It was episodic. Yeah, episodic? <laughs> it was episodic while still having overreaching arcs, you know. And, you know, like I said... If you're a fan of robot cartoons, um, if you use the words super robot to describe these cartoons, or you just say, I like robot cartoons, you know, traditionally you have a monster of the week and robots in the skies was unabashedly a traditional robot cartoon. Now, some people found derision in the fact that Bumblebee was the leader. But Optimus was still there. Bumblebee was the leader of the team in the cartoon. It gave it a little bit of a little bit of variety there. You know, some people are getting like, man, can we have Rodimus Prime or somebody else for a change? Yeah, Optimus everywhere. And that's what we got. And Optimus was still on the show. He was doing other things. Bumblebee had his own team on Cybertron and they were hunting fugitives and, you know, getting all sorts of adventures and stuff. And it, it was just fun. They had a, a lot of times when Transformer shows have smaller casts, they get to be, uh, the characterization gets to be more dynamic, <laughs> dynamic. And, you know, you had, of course, Bumblebee, who he's older now than he was in Prime. That's, I really wish it wasn't linked to Prime, in all honesty, just because so many people want to compare it to Prime already being it was the show that came before it. And this was just like. If it Hasbro says this time and time again, when something is linked between one Transformer series and the next, it it's a little blurry because it's basically it's a it's it's a commercial for a toy line, you know. It's there's going to be some blurriness, and this was blurry, you know. This is just sort of the same continuity family because you know what Rescue Bots is linked to Prime, you know. Last time I checked, um. Those guys didn't have problems with Unicron when that all went on. <laughs> but, you know, Bumblebee was just kind of, he's leading without necessarily being the best leader, but doing a decent job. You know, he, he would make a good, solid storm manager. You know what I mean? Like he's, 
obviously couldn't be in charge of an entire army, or maybe he could. You know, this is obviously his first time being in a leadership position, and, you know, <coughs> excuse me, for those of you who've ever been in a leadership position, you'll know the first time you do it, you're horrible at it, and you start getting used to it, and you're not going to be perfect at it. I'm sure there's listeners to the show that are parents or others who have been in management roles or supervisor roles or just a, a lead in your uh, jobs grouping, like you're the team of people you work with, you're the lead or something. You, you know, you're not always going to do a good job. And sometimes you got to listen to your guys and readjust your plans and all that. And they take the, I think what I'm trying to get to here is they portrayed that well with Bumblebee. He wasn't just Optimus, just naturally good at everything, you know. And that was great. And he wasn't always sitting there just doubting himself or whatever. Like, they could have did. They did the whole, all right, you guys are under me, and this is what we're going to do. Okay, maybe that's not going to work. What do y'all guys think? Okay, okay, this is what we're going to do. Or sometimes he would be like, no, no, we're going to do this. And then learn later, learn, I'm sorry, I should have listened to you. I was wrong. You know, that kind of stuff. And that's one of the things I liked about Bumblebee's portrayal. Um, could he have been anybody else other than Bumblebee? Absolutely. Uh, the, ice is cold and water is wet. Bumblebee is a popular character in Transformers. And Hasbro used him because he's one of the most popular Transformers in current mindset and the current mind's eye. So that's why Bumblebee, who usually gets a flood of toys, a hive of toys, if you will, on the shelves was the leader because we're going to have a lot of Bumblebee toys anyway, and we're mixing it up a bit. So there you go. So it could have been really anyone else in that role than Bumblebee. You know, his, his personality in the prime cartoon was basically a mirror of his personality in the movies. So, him displaying any type of personality was different. You know, he wasn't being all my chair squeaking again. He wasn't being all plucky and just chirping along. You know, he was, he was learning as he goes, you know, he had a good voice actor. I forget his name currently. Will Friedel, Will Friedel, however you say that last name there. I remembered it. The guy from boy meets world and he was Batman beyond. He's done other cartoons, but I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't watch him. Um, but I watched Batman beyond and I like boy meets world. And, you know, he voiced Bumblebee in the series finale of Prime, as well as that uh, Beast Hunters movie. He, he voiced him there. And he's a good voice for B. You know, a lot of people always want the original voice actor's return, and that's just not possible. You know, either life happens and they pass away, or maybe they just don't want to do it anymore. Or maybe they they get don't get picked. Maybe they're too expensive. Maybe... Maybe they just don't work out again. You know, maybe if Dan Gizzle, I can't say his last name, Gizzle then, came and auditioned, maybe the, 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 the studio wouldn't like his current version of Bumblebee's voice, being that he did Bumblebee 30 years ago. He comes in there and does it now. And if you've heard him recently, he does sound almost exactly the same, but maybe they're like, I don't know, you know? So he did a good Bumblebee that sounded like Bumblebee. You know, when you think Bumblebee's voice, you think Dan gives a Zen, or you think um, a clip from the cars, who's going to drive you home tonight? Was that the cars? Um, or you think um, 
the guy from Animated, whose name I also forget right now. He played Jackie Johnson in the uh, Jacksons TV movie. Bumper Robinson, yeah, that guy. You actually don't really think of him, do you? I mean, unless you're like a big animated fan, you almost kind of gloss over his voice there, don't you? Because he, he could have been Hotshot or somebody with that personality. But Will Friedle's voice sounded close enough to Dan Gibson to work as a traditional Bumblebee voice, but on the same accord, at the same way, it just sounded like a voice you would expect to come from that robot, you know. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch, who was uh, in Power Rangers, he was this, he played Adam, the second Black Ranger. He voiced uh, Bumblebee in the um, War for Cybertron uh, game. <laughs> Pardon me. And did he voice him again in Devastation? I forget. I forget who voiced Bumblebee in Devastation. Was it Dan Gizzard? <laughs> was it him? I don't. I completely forget who voiced him there. So, I don't really like Devastation too. That's weird. I forget who voiced them. Regardless, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> Wilfred L did a good job, <laughs> you know. And um, you know, he had Sideswipe, who was just a little shithead. You know, he was a he was that young reckless guy. He could have been Hot Rod. He really could have been Hot Rod. And in fact, they he was called in a recent episode Hot Rod as a joke. You know. And he could have really been him. I wish he was him, because he was just a sort of just cocky, arrogant, kid-type character. And when you think you think of a teenage boy, you get you either get the um, sort of mopey kid who's shy and awkward, or you get the arrogant, just prick. Especially if it's around 18, 19, or as far as up to 21, you know, me at that just kind of arrogant prick type character, especially if one who thinks he's hot stuff and maybe thinks he's a hot shot. But but Sideswipe was that kind of guy. He was that 20 year old kid in college whose dad owns a dealership and has gotten his way his whole life. You know, he had that personality down to him. He is he was it. And he was constantly learning lessons about his arrogance and working well with others and maybe his own limitations. But being a kid, he kept kind of thinking back into that because I, I know when I was 22, <laughs> you make the same mistakes over and over until you finally get it, you know. And I was that awkward kid when I was 15, but I was awkward because the being cool part didn't work out, you know. Man, and when I did try to be cool, i try too hard and just make a jerk of myself, you know, and... That would be cool, actually, thinking about it. What if we had the young Autobot character be awkward and he either tries too hard or whatever, that guy, which I think we've all known a few or, like me, have been. But he did a good job with that. But Strongarm, Strongarm was a lot of people's favorites in the show. She was a, she was like a, she was the police officer character and she was the by the book character and which was nice because a lot of times uh these female roles in this they over they're either way too girly or they're way too gritty you know she was that nice just i'm just a character doing things it, i could be female male it doesn't matter my gender doesn't dictate my personality and that was great you know and she was just great because she would do all these things by the book but also 
have to learn to work with others and all sorts of stuff. And it was great. Or she'd have some memory of when she was in the academy and stuff like that. And these stories. And it's just, it was a good character. And her trying to be as straight nosed as possible would work out in some funny, uh, comic comedic moments or whatever, because sometimes you just, you can't always be straight laced. You know, sometimes you're going to get ratchet. Sometimes you're going to embarrass yourself. I mean, there's that old saying, the fart in church. Well, sometimes it was the, uh, it was the guy walking around with, <laughs> with the collection plate. Who, whoops. Oh, uh, crap. <laughs> you know, sometimes things happen and she was a good character for that. And then you had Grimlock who, wasn't traditional Grimlock whatsoever. You know, hot, I almost call him Hot Rod. Sideswipe could have been G1 Sideswipe. You know, just an arrogant little little frat boy, you know. And Bumblebee could have been just season three Bumblebee. He's a little older now. And Strong Arm could have been, you know, another Autobot. There there wasn't a Strong Arm in the old cartoon. Um, there, the name was reused, definitely. Strong Arm has been used all over Transformers, but her character was pretty much new. But Grimlock, he was, um, he kind of, he was just like a big, dumb oaf that was funny, and you couldn't help but to like his big, dumb funniness. And that's not a new character type in cartoons whatsoever. Just usually Grimlock, if he's big and dumb and funny, he's still... Not the same as this Grimlock, who was extremely likable. And um, he had other characters. Like, he had Drift, he came in. And he was just... You know, when you think Drift in IDW, you kind of think of that arrogant prick that Sideswipe is, but hasn't learned yet his airways. Just like, man, I'm fucking freaking awesome. I caught my language, pardon me. Man, I'm freaking awesome. And he think that guy that most people can't stand. That's, that's what Drift comes off to. Like, in this version of Drift, he's an older... Way, way too defined samurai type who has to learn to work well with others and learn the error of his ways sometimes because he's got these, he's got these mini cons that he's training. There are students and sometimes he's too hard on them and stuff like that. And the, and the two students are great because they're just, they're like kids, you know, and the mini cons are just, they're like his kids and anything they can do to please him, anything they can do. And they hurt my feelings. I, I, I don't want to, I, I can't, I can't be mad at him. He, he's the greatest thing in the world, but he really hurt my feelings. You know, that kind of thing. And I think we've all had that one time or not. I think we can all remember when we were a kid and we just looked up to someone so very much that when they upset us, we didn't know how to handle it. Cause it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, Mr. Rogers isn't flawless. What do you mean? You know, that kind of thought process. And, you know, you'd have Optimus who was basically old manning it up. Like he was this otherworldly at in the first season anyway he's optimus prime through and through but in season two he is a little bit of a bumbling old man who just kind of was just there like he's, he's almost in the way at some point but then he got his strength back to him he kind of lost some of his strength for a while there and that's why he was like that but it was nice to see old Sideswipe had to deal with this old man who knew better than him, but just wasn't as good as he once was, you know. And Windblade would come in, and or is it Wingblade? There's a Windblade and a Wingblade, and I call each one of them the wrong way. But you know who I'm talking about because she's in everything. Hey, there's this show called Combiner Wars. What's it about? Wingblade? Did she combine? Nope. Anyway, she was in there for a while, and she was exactly. She was not her personality in the comics, which means she wasn't um, standing around. I talk to the city. That's what I do. 
the combiner wars are all about me talking to a city. Um, I'm joking. Um, she had a, she had a better personality to me in robots in disguise being that she was a, um, she was almost like that hot shot who never really grew out of it, but at the same time was still really good at her job. So almost deserved that ego. Um, she was there and jazz. I really like jazz use in that one episode he was in. He was just, he, he was basically also like sideswipe, but he learned humility and that's why he was teaching him, you know, and that was really great. That, that jazz toy for Watson Skies is really nice too. And, you know, we got Ratchet and Bulkhead returned from Prime. Starstream and Soundwave returned from Prime. We got a we got some closure on Soundwave after how they defeated him in Prime, how he came back. You know, the Stunicons were there for a story arc, and they were fun. They were a great group of bad guys. You had a group of Decepticons that had, like, an island and their own little army, and they were awesome. And then Stilled Crew, and my goodness, Still Jaw and his crew, the pack, who were a constant menace throughout the show, they were awesome. You know, Steeljaw was a great villain. He 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 sounded like what you think Alucard is going to sound like in Castlevania. And in fact, I think he has the same voice actor in the current Netflix show. But I could be wrong. And he has that just cool voice, and they're all they're all cool and different. Like he had the yet the little frog dude. <laughs> who's this guy going to hurt? Oh, everybody. And you got you know the little porcupine dude who's who's a little nerd you know and you got the crab dude who's hilarious and then Thunderhoof who doesn't love Thunderhoof I mean let's talk about originality here Robots in Disguise had both traditional Transformers disguises and then it dared to have original Transformers disguises originality is a curse word a lot of the times but not to me you had a with Steeljaw you had a you had a Wolfman that turned into a crossover car. You know, those little crossover SUV car hybrid things. He turned into one of those. And, but, but it kind of was shaped like a wolf's head if you caught the length. And, and you had Craw Dude, Craw Dude, Crab Dude, whose name I'm forgetting, I'm sorry, who turned into a little economy car. You know, you had Bisque, who, who was this orange badass sports car whose robot mode was a lobster. And he had re a repaint as Thermidor, who was a blue version, but also an old pirate. It does I mean, you can't get this. They had the bird guys. Uh, it was a bird crew. And I'm blanking on some of the names. You, ha you have to realize sometimes you just don't remember a name till after you're talking about it. Some people don't get that. But sometimes they'll be later like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Crap. But there's these various bird bots in the show and first started off one who was a sort of a kleptomaniac and she was just adorable. She'd just go shiny and she'd steal it, but she'd also get the best of the Autobots. And then later you had another crew of bird guys who were just whooping that ass, you know, there was a vampire girl, but was like a bat gargoyle thing, you know, the designs are all over the map. You know, the Stunicons look like the Stunicons. Those are traditional transformers. Megatronus who, who was essentially the Fallen, for people who forget, the Fallen's name is actually Megatronus. Megatron took his name from that dude, yo. Um, he had a great design. I loved his toy a lot. But if I'm going to talk about originality and design, Thunderhoof all the way. You have a tractor that turns into a... His robot mode is kind of a hybrid of a Minotaur, if a Minotaur was a deer. You know, he was a deer robot man who turned into a tractor. 
And like I said, he looked like a minotaur. But instead of a bull, it was a deer. And that was just amazing. Not to mention his personality. It was Frank Stallone. Sylvester Stallone's brother, who sung disco songs, portrays his voice. And he is a straight-up mafia movie gangster. And wow. (laughs) You cannot not like... Cannot love uh, Thunderhoof. I've really I was really partial to Fracture, uh, one of Decepticons. He he turned. He was like this crazy purple motorcycle, and he did things with Minicons. And his robot mode, he he looked like he could be Cyclonus's little brother. And I always said that because like Cyclonus has got a toy in the line. There's a a Legion toy that I've yet to find, or if it's been yet to be released. And you know, there's the uh, crash the. uh, Compiner Force uh, figure of him, but this looks like he could be. I always say he looks like Cyclonus's brother, who's into punk rock, because he's just got that same overall look as Cyclonus, but he's covered in spikes. He's real spiky. He's got like a little mohawk or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's my brother Cyclonus and his armada and stuff. Whatever, you know. I'm original and I have original thoughts. That's why I'm not. I'm not into such mainstream acts like you guys are. I listen to listen to stuff that's a little under the radar. You know, like the Ramones band you probably never heard of. Yeah. You know, that was, that was Fracture. He just had this cool look to him. But he was also just, he was just a badass on the show. He could handle Drift. He could handle most of the guys. And every single one of his toys, every single one of them, I loved. I was just picked up and put down while I was speaking there, his deluxe class toy. They called the deluxe class toys uh, Warrior Toys in the toy line, but it was a deluxe class toy. And that was probably his best toy. It was great. His one step toy was a lost G one toy. I'm certain. And, you know, I got his Minicon deployer figure. That was just a lot of fun. And since we're talking about toys, let's talk about those toys for a second. He had the warrior class, which was basically just deluxe figures. That was the main portion of the toy line. Those are your, these are the guys, you know, that was those toys. But then they also had Legions, which everyone knows I love. And they had a Legions in all sorts of color variations, which drove me crazy because I can't get enough of that. They had one-step uh, toys, which everyone knows I love. I'm not to the point of having to get every single one of them like I used to be. But I really still like getting them, and they had quite a bit of ones I got. You know, they had the three-step toys in the larger $20 class, which I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't buy many of those. I don't buy many of those, but I did buy the Optimus Prime one, and I plan to get that Soundwave one because those are, I've said this time and time again, if you ever say to yourself, I miss traditional style Transformers, when I say traditional, I don't mean generations, I mean that same toy type that you used to get in the 80s and early 90s go buy a toy that was simplified for children like a three-step transformer ta-da i mean you could take that optimus and put it next to a brave figure and someone who doesn't know the difference would be like wow that's an that's one of those are cool toys he would not know those are one of them's a toy meant for uh six-year-olds that came out a year ago and one's a 20-year-old toy that was only available in japan or korea you know, that's how, that was his styling. It looked just like when the blends went right in with them, you know. And same with that Soundwave. Soundwave could be, as the Warrior toy is wonderful. But that uh, three-step toy, I keep buying it up. I'm going to buy that thing. It, um, that, a lot of people like to say G1.5, and then some people just say Euro G1, and then some people say Euro G2, because no one really knows how to classify it. You know, 
Transformers ended here in America at the end of G1 and then restarted about two years later with G2. Everyone else kept going. Well, those European designs, as the line moved into the G2 era, era, no one really knows what to call that. Some people just can't say Euro G1, like late Euro G1. Either way, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of those toys got used for master... I almost said Master Force, pardon me, for Machine Wars, and a lot of those toys got used in G2 and stuff like that. That is a toy straight out of that. You know, that is a... Once again, I could put that toy probably right next to um, Stalker, or which got used in Machine Wars as Soundwave. I could put it right next to that, and it's almost seamless, you know. That's wonderful. I think so, anyway. Another thing that was great about toys was the tiny turbo changers. These wonderful little blind-bagged PVC guys. In fact, some early episodes of Being Awesome was just me opening those up. Because I love blind-bagged toys. And, you know, turbo, tiny turbo changers... Excuse me. I am so tired. Turbo changers. Or, oh my god. Tiny Titans. Tiny turbo changers are a movie thing. Tiny Titans. Excuse me. The little blind bag figures, you know, they ran the gamut. They'd have a G1 and Beast Wars designs in there and movie. I think they had some movie dudes in there as well as the Rose and the Skies toys. But there's a lot of them in there. And a lot of the guys that wouldn't have a proper toy would be there in those. And that worked for me. And it was really fun. I'd, a lot of times at work, I just, I got to get, get away for a minute. And I'd run to Walgreens and grab a couple of those and like a Dr. Pepper and come back to work and just open those up and be like, yeah, who's that? Another cliff jumper. Who's that? Whoa, who is that? Let me look at the name. You know? <laughs> Cheetor, yeah. But there'd also be like um, Crazy Bolt. I think I'm saying the name, right? One of the characters from the cartoon whose toy I didn't get, but I got that PVC and that's good enough. You know, stuff like that. It was just... Rose and Skies was a really fun line that I just talked about for 30 minutes. And it's time's come. It's been three seasons. That's a good run. That's a long run. You know, you've, you've had a few direction changes. They've reinvented the toy line a few times. You know, you had those cool Energon armor figures. And now you got Combiner Force and the Crash Combiners, which I love playing with. Uh, those things. And I'm not happy to see it go. But I am looking forward to Cyberverse. So it's it's going out on a high note, I believe. The show is as best as it's ever been. And it's going out and it's saying, thanks for watching us. And I haven't watched this week's episode yet. I'm waiting till next week's episode. I've got this week's one sitting on my DVR. And I'm going to watch the two in succession. And that, then say goodbye to my friend for a while. I'm sure I'll watch reruns if I ever grab the DVD sets. Or they're on Netflix, you know. And But that, that the show's over. And, excuse me, some of the toys will be around for a little while, I'm sure. And I'll get some more of those, of course. But it's a shame to see it end. I hope, I hope, I hope Cyberverse coming out next year, which I'm totally interested in. I really want to see. I think I've talked about some here before. I know I've talked about it on ZoneBase. That's www.zonebase.org. Cheap plug. Um, I've totally talked about it there. Um, I'm really looking forward to Cyberverse. Which doesn't mean I'm looking forward to Robots Disguise ending either. That's that's the funny thing. When one show you like has to end for another show you're looking forward to coming out will begin. It puts you in a weird mental spot. So, as much as I'm looking forward to Cyberverse, I'm not looking forward to no longer having my Robots in the Skies. So, I... 
I don't know if that's awesome or not, <laughs> you know, but it's been a great show for the past three years that I've totally enjoyed watching. And I don't know. I don't know how to end that. I think I know how to end that. I'm going to skip over to the Q&A portion of the show. The Q&A, which is fed from a thread and talk Transformers. It's a group on Facebook. It's the best place on the entire Internet to talk Transformers. I said it. You know I'm right. Come at me, bro. This week, I got a question. I skipped over it. If you didn't know, well, now you know. Every week, I put... Not every week. The the content for this portion of the show comes from Talk Transformers. Every so often, I'll pop up a magic thread saying, Hey, I need content for this portion of the show. And people just submit questions, comments, talking points, yada, yada, yada. And I add them to a pool of questions that I keep on my phone that I'll read off on a notepad file. And you know what? If you go join Talk Transformers, as you should, um, and... Or if you're not using Facebook or whatever, but you follow me somewhere else on like Instagram or whatever, and you want to sh- ask me a question, feel free. I'll add you to the queue. I promise. Just shoot me a message. Anyway, this week's question comes from my main piece, my main man, my home piece, Daniel Collins. Daniel goes on to ask, what are your thoughts on the ID? Co- I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the IDW comic shared universe so far? And where do you think it will go in the future? Daniel, that's a great question. A lot of people have talked about that too. They've over talked it in all f- honesty. And it's like people have talked about and talked about and talked about and talked about it. And they've covered their version of the pros and cons with it over and over. I haven't talked about it. So you give me a chance to talk about it. And what do I think about it? I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea because I like shared universes. I like, I've said, everyone knows I'm a big fan of universal monsters. That's a shared universe. You know, not just those Marvel movies being a shared universe, but Marvel comics, Captain America knows Spider-Man, you know, Batman does not get along with Superman. I like shared universes. The original Transformers comics, the ones I read fervently and still reread fervently. Fervently is not the proper word, but you know what I'm talking about. That was a shared universe. Every once in a while, you know, you had Spider-Man who popped up in an issue and you had, um, circuit breaker who was an original Marvel character and showed up in secret wars you know, death's head. Has anyone told Don about death's head too? I think we should, I think it's time he hears about death's head too. Again, <laughs> now's a Marvel character. And you know, there's such a shared universe that death's head, when he popped into a doctor who comic, he referenced his adventures in the transformers without outright saying the name. Cause I think they, at that point, they wanted to not use those licensed characters. But either way, I like shared universes. I really do. Now, that being said, I'm totally, totally up for IDW using other Hasbro characters. I like the whole idea of a Hasbro shared universe. And you could say, Rob, you're, you never crap on Hasbro. You're, you're right. I don't. I don't know them. I, I, I buy, I spent, I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 in a few months. I have spent my entire life buying their products. If I didn't like Hasbro, what the crap am I doing? But they have a vast universe of characters and they've had some characters they've acquired that they've absorbed into their universe. 
I like their universe of characters. So I don't mind IDW making all these other characters in the comics and new interpretations, new, new, newer updated versions of these characters. I don't mind that at all. I think that's awesome. And heck yeah, I think they should be in a shared universe. They always were, you know, Cobra commander was in an episode of GI Joe, you know, Hector dude was in every Hasbro cartoon in the eighties. You know, it's, they've always been in some form of a shared universe. Now, the way IDW is doing it, however, I'm, and the reason I say I'm, 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 I'm about is because there, there's a term. I know I talk about wrestling a lot, and I'm going to use a wrestling term for you guys to uh, get what I mean. You ever, there, sometimes they'll put a wrestler with a, with a, another wrestler to get, to give them a rub. They call it, give them the rub, being, you know, no, they'll take a wrestler who's up and coming and the company wants to make a big deal so they can sell their t-shirts and make the next big thing. So here's Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan teaming up to fight the bad guy, you know. Sprinkle some of that Hulk Hogan dust on Ultimate Warrior, you know. Or if you guys will remember when they'd randomly stick other wrestlers with Stone Cold Steve Austin for a couple of matches or whatever. Just give him that rub like, hey, he's cool too, you know, that kind of thing. They're doing that with uh, Transformers and other Hasbro properties in the shared universe a little too much for my liking. And the reason I say that is a Transformer is a member of G.I. Joe. A member of G.I. Joe is in always doing something with Transformers. Um, I don't mind, like, say, Transformers fighting dire wraiths. You know, sometimes Batman would fight Lex Luger. I don't mind that sort of thing. My thing, I think, is they're doing a little too much overbleeding, meaning that it's just one. It's almost that you have to have like. I don't mind that masks uh, technology was derived from Transformers technology. I don't mind that. I don't think Transformers needs to be involved in every mask adventure, nor do I think G.I. Joe needs to be in every gem adventure. I don't read gems comic, but I'm just making an example. My point is I like it when the character gets to be great on their own. Not just using their big brother to help them out, you know, not just, um, I'd like GI Joe to be great on its own as well as have an association with transformers. I'd like transformers to great, be great on its own without ha- relying on gem to do it and so forth. I think that's the point I'm making. I think they do that just a little too much for my liking. Now I don't, I haven't read the comics in a while. I, I've, I've said before here, uh, I go, I fall in and out of reading comics and I do. And right now I'm currently out of reading comics. Like I just don't do it. The closest I come to is I'll reread my old Marvel books over and over. I, um, I, I grab these, um, there's this thing Archie comics has been doing. Uh, I, I've been talked about it here being the Marvel digests being they every two months they put out a, it's called the Marvel digest. It's a collected, uh, comic in, of uh, old Marvel comics. Like there's a Spider-Man issue. There's an Avengers issue. The Thor one just came out a few weeks ago. It'll be like old comics, new comics, now, com- you know, not so old comics. They're just a collection of them, like in a little book for seven bucks. You know, I'll, I'll buy those. But as far as keeping up to date with the Transformers comics, I just see what other people are saying about them just so I can keep abreast of what's going on. Outside of that, I haven't been reading them. I don't know what's to say next week. I might, okay, time to read again. You know, I can't tell you that. I don't know. That's just the way I've been with these IDW comics. They, I've been on and off with them. Um, 
I've always said I'm more of a cartoon guy, and I mean it. I love cartoons. I can watch a cart. I always DVR my new episodes of my shows. You know, the comics. I might miss them. You know, I I read G1 every issue I was allowed to buy at the grocery store growing up, and I've went back and bought all the issues I didn't have, or got all these trade paperbacks of all the books, and I inhaled deeply in regeneration one because that's more of what i wanted and when you talk about what i want comics for transformers i want those old marvel comics i want the uk comics and i want uh, g2 comics and i want regeneration one because it was along that same process even though it kind of replaced g2 story-wise it doesn't matter that, that that's my jam okay the new ones i don't know they get me and then they lose me so i just kind of keep up with what's going so when they get me again i'm back in it you know um during the before robots in the skies and more meets the eye comics. I really like the spotlight comics, you know, but the main ones I'd read here and there. Like I, I might read one storyline and then drop in. I didn't read all hell Megatron. You know, I read devastation if that makes a point, but I, I never missed a spotlight comic. And with the movie comics, I didn't read every single movie comic, but they did these ones. that was a uh, tales from the all spark, which were actually collections of a UK comic series that they did with the movie once i didn't miss one of those i really like those i like the uh revenge of starscream uh story they did stuff like that so i think i made my point so i don't i don't i don't get to speak about the whole idw what they're doing right now from a first person perspective because i maybe if i read it maybe i'd like it more but from my uh vantage point i wish the individual comics got to stand on their own more than they are without leaning on the other characters. I'd like them to cross over occasionally, maybe for big events, but I'd like GI Joe to fight Cobra. I'd like the Autobots to fight the Decepticons. You know, I'd like mask to fight venom and every so often, maybe, maybe Bumblebee has to fight a dire wraith. Maybe every so often Matt tracker has to punch his R10 in the nose, that kind of thing. So if you want my opinion on it, that's it. <laughs> but I do love the idea of shared universes, and I'm all for it. Daniel, thank you for your question. That was a really good one. Hey, everybody. I'm fixing to get up out of here and go do something else. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. What a concept. is can be found on ra- at blah, 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 blah. can be found at tfradio.net for shows and showtimes. And since you're using that site tfradio.net home of radio free cybertron i'm so bad at ending this show (laughs) i'm sorry i just kind of fell apart there please check out our amazon links it's just an easy way to support the network without doing anything other than shopping at amazon i'm rob as you know and i can be found on twitter and instagram at that's swirly a robo rob springer and since you're using the internet, I mentioned it earlier. Please check out zonebase.org. That's my personal site. I talk about all sorts of fun crap there, mostly Transformers, but sometimes something else. P- please check it out, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll try to be back next week. You know, sometimes life happens, and I can't do a show every episode, an episode every week. And in all honesty, we're sliding up into the holidays thanksgiving is right around the corner christmas is another corner around from that corner so hope i i predict another two 
episodes this month before I take a little break for Thanksgiving because that's family time. So thanks everyone for listening. I do my bestest estest ever to be back next week. And if I'm not, I promise I'll be back soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Toodaloo. This has been Being Awesome with Rob Springer. Oh, oh.